The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. By Donnie right side here on a Monday morning DRS. How you feeling? Feeling good, relaxed, entertained over the weekend, ready to get this week started. As we like to say on a Monday, it's new week, it's new money. Let's go. Absolutely. So we did, though, just say goodbye to another sport as the season. The NHL concludes with the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. 2-1 was the final score in game number six in Tampa Bay. Did feel like the pressure was on for the Avs trying to avoid a game seven up against the two-time defending champs, and they did just that. Your 2022 Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, very deserving here. Look like we might be getting a game seven after Stamkos opens up the scoring and cashes in an odds boost here at the FanDuel Sportsbook, mm-hmm. but that wasn't going to be the case here as we had a goalie versus goalie rivalry in game six. No longer that high scoring six, seven, eight, nine goals in a game. It was the way you were supposed to go out as a championship. The only thing that I guess you could say if you're the Avalanche fans, you would have loved to carry that Stanley Cup home on home ice, but you'll take it any way you can get it. They break through after a long, long time of not winning a cup, and they got one now. And the consolation, I think their nerves are probably a lot calmer having to potentially again see this Tampa team in a game seven. As you mentioned, Stamco scored first. That was the only goal of that first period. There were two from the Avs in the second period, and that was all the scoring as this game and this series certainly had ebbs and flows when you talk about the total Cal McCarr, the defenseman of Colorado, comes away with the Con Smythe trophy as he was phenomenal for this team again on their tremendous run. As we talk about some other big headlines here, I think this week is going to be a big one for the NFL, the Cleveland Browns, and of course the Sean Watson specifically. The early reports is the NFL is looking for a suspension that will expand at least one year. Makes some sense here. And if looking from the NFL perspective, Kevin, what did we talk about so many times last week with Deshaun Watson? How can you come up with a suspension? Four games, six games, eight games, and still have open cases where down the line you might get even more people filing lawsuits or civil suits against Deshaun Watson. It looks like the NFL is saying, we're not going to get bid on this one, but my goodness, could we be looking at years, years, Kevin, where Deshaun Watson won't take the field? Because we have to keep remind ourselves, you know, last year wasn't a suspension, but he still didn't play a single game. We could be looking at two-plus years before he takes the field. That's incredible. As I've mentioned to you on the radio side, uh, where we've had maybe a little bit more you know, free uh, time to talk about this topic, I don't know when we see Watson again. I'm not ruling out we don't see 
Watson again. We've heard a little bit about what the Browns plan to do if they do lose Deshaun for the entire season. We will get into that. We'll also talk a little bit about the San Francisco 49ers. An interesting note that I think was relevant, Donnie, around Debo Samuel, who they said has not rescinded his trade request and I guess would still prefer to be gone from the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, something's not adding up here because it has all the makings of it looks like everything is patched up, like Debo coming to work, coming to OTAs, not really participating in full team activities, but he's there working out on the side. So you figure there's like a, you know, a breakthrough on that stalemate and maybe the ice is starting mm-hmm. to thaw a little bit. But then you see that, well, he still hasn't taken back his trade request, which means if you ask him, hey, would you like to be traded by the 49ers to somewhere else? Yeah, I would like that. So I'm just trying to be a good soldier at camp. Just oddities around the San Francisco 49ers, Kevin. A team that we figure would fight for a Super Bowl championship, but some oddities, as we said, going around with the quarterback and now your star young wide receiver. The radio audience is with us here on a Monday morning. Kevin Walsh, Donnie, right side, the early line, Sirius XM Channel 159, the Debo Samuel situation, an update around Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll talk a little bit uh, about all of this with the San Francisco 49ers heading into what feels like a big season for their football team. We'll also talk a little bit about some of the NBA headlines. This one, not all too surprising if you're paying attention, but the report from ESPN, Zach Lowe, that right now the majority of the NBA is preparing not for the Kyrie departure, but the domino effect that that would have and the potential, of course, of what that would mean for Kevin Durant, that if Kyrie leaves, KD very well could become available via trade. It looks like it's going to happen, doesn't it? And this is what we talk about, how exciting the NBA offseason can be, where it's like KD is going to be in Brooklyn, build around him, and no way KD can leave because he basically buried the entire league saying, like, I'm one of the best players here. I'll do it on my own. But maybe he needs two or three more stars with him to win championships. I'm in for this. We're going to see Kyrie and also KD out of Brooklyn. What happened? Just about, what, eight, nine months ago, this was the team that was going to just breeze through and win an NBA championship, only to be left with nobody left at the altar there, I guess you could say, after one year? Incredible. Basically, uh, two straight years of being viewed as the team to beat, and it looks like they're going to beat themselves to some degree. We'll talk about potential landing spots a little bit, though we have a lot of time to get into the Kevin Durant stuff. Uh, We also have a little bit of time to get into the Bradley Beal news, and I have to admit, was quite disappointing when I read it that Bradley Beal, all signs are pointing towards him resigning with the Washington Wizards on a five year max contract that'll be worth over $240 million. Yeah, I'm going to start turning the tables on this one because smart move, smart business move by Beal, who obviously doesn't care about winning, which is fine. You want to stay in your home city and you've been there your whole career. I get it. But at what point, Kevin, do we start turning and say, Washington, the point is what bringing back Bradley Beal at that price range? What is the point here? It's like him and Dame going back and forth saying, let's see how much money we can steal and not give any return on investment back to our franchise. (laughs) We'll see. We'll make the comparison between those Mm. two because I don't think they're comparable, to be honest with you. In Major League Baseball, a massive brawl between the Mariners and the Angels with guys headhunting, and Aaron Judge, for the second time against the Astros, walked it off in tremendous fashion. We'll be right back here on the Earth. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. storyline this week here uh, on the early line and really throughout the sports landscape around Deshaun Watson and his impending suspension. You talk about one of the, you know, from a talent perspective, premier players in the NFL. Uh, and again, one of the biggest moves when you talk about the money involved and the draft picks in NFL history with the Cleveland Browns acquiring Deshaun Watson. And it very well all could be for not. The latest update, DRS, is that Uh, And this comes from the Wall Street Journal is that the NFL will push for a, quote, indefinite suspension that would last no shorter than one year. We'll start right there. What was your reaction when you heard that news? It looks like the NFL is ready to drop the hammer down is what it appears to be for myself. But also, if you're looking overall, you you know, we started talking about the Sean Watson and saying, boy, he's playing the long game here when the hopes that maybe these people would end up not suing and it takes too long and it's not worth their time and everybody would just forget about it. Well, nobody forgot about it here. And here we are. So maybe it was the case that while he was in Houston, if he was smart, Kevin, and he didn't want to play for the Houston Texans anymore, settles all those cases, wraps it up, takes his year suspension when he didn't want to be in Houston and got that behind him. Now, forget about the morality of it all, right? Oh, let me just settle this because I just want money, whatever the case would be. But it feels like he played the long game and figured he was winning, and it looks like he's probably going to miss years, Kevin, instead of one year at this point, maybe at a max, because if you would have wrapped this up immediately, we have a short, we do have a short attention span being in the media and just in the United States in general, where what's that next big story to take it? So if he wasn't playing last year, settled all his cases, it went by, People would still be talking about it, but not as much as this point here. Maybe him and his legal advice that he was getting from, you know, whatever, Rusty Harden isn't going to work out in the end. But now it looks like the NFL is getting serious here and saying it's not even one of those, Kevin, where we hear behind the scenes. It's going to be 12 months and that's it. They're basically saying, like, no, you're not even going to appear on a football field until we get resolution. And then we might decide to take it even longer. So this isn't looking good for Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns at all. Yeah, my reaction to this is I'm not surprised. It would be surprising if Watson played at all this year for the Cleveland Browns, and I think you saw the indication is it could very well go beyond that. Major League Baseball, and I'm, at least I don't love comparing the situations because, again, they're all 
uh, you know, to some degree uncomfortable. But what they, you know, levied towards Trevor Bauer only made things worse on Deshaun Watson because yes. while Major League Baseball and the NFL are separate entities, they're both major sports leagues trying to handle somewhat similar situations. And has there been one update around the Deshaun Watson story that has been positive for him since this has all gone on? I, I can't really think of, of one other than, of course, the ridiculous contract he got from the Browns considering the circumstances. I don't know the last time Deshaun really got good news or the Browns got good news around all of this there. And this is kind of the where we sit now with this Cleveland team. Oh, we, we don't have a ton from the odds, right? The three against Carolina week one on the road is now a two and a half spread. Their odds to win the division, they had moved back to being third a while ago. They've smartly not listed odds on a win total or make miss playoffs because they don't know what to do until word becomes definitive. And again, it, it does seem, and, and there's a second question that we'll kind of talk about the state of the Browns, but we've asked this question a lot, Donnie. And we, I think I know I've gotten to the point where I just throw my hands up. I, I, I don't know. Do you think this week we get official word on the Watson suspension? How close are we to finding out officially what's going to happen here? I think we're getting close because I did read somewhere, I believe there's the uh, disciplinary hearings that are going to start up on Tuesday. So I think it's starting to come mm -hmm. to a head and also maybe sooner than later because the wording that the NFL is using behind the scenes is indefinite, which means like we're just going to bang him here with a suspension. We actually don't know how long it's going to be, but we're going to get the process started. Now, also take a look from an NFL perspective. This is a tough, I don't want to say, you know, year and a half, two years here, because you're talking about like women's rights, believe women. And, you know, uh, the NFL, which spends an entire month, Kevin, wearing pink in support of women, breast cancer and what have you. You take a look at that Trevor Bauer scenario, because as I said before, previously, if Deshaun Watson got this out of the way before the Trevor Bauer thing, then if it goes, hey, what? And this is just the climate we were in. We thought that was fair at the time. Maybe if it happens again, we'll have to re-examine it. But you're talking about now some not good looks here for the NFL, where if you want to have that winning fan base that supports you so much and spends so much on your product and love the Cleveland Browns and the rest of the NFL, you have to step up to the plate and at least do what's fair. So I like the wording coming from the NFL that says, all right, well, what about last week, Kevin, where the NFL was taking some haymakers from the press and rightfully so. Well, hey, even though he settled these cases, talking about the Sean Watson, you know, we have a process that we go through, which was almost, Kevin, all, what I was reading was the NFL's going, well, look, we collected bargain for four games. If this happens, that's all we can give him. I think the NFL is doing one of those in the best interest of baseball moves by the commissioner saying, like, no, we're, we're not going to stick to the guidelines here. We're not doing that. I'm going to level this up another notch, and I'm going to handle everything here from a Roger Goodell perspective and say, if you want to come after the NFL, then do it, because who looks worse in that instance? We're going to suspend Deshaun Watson for a year, and the NFLPA goes, that's not fair. He should only get two games for this. It's a bad look all the way around. Let me ask you this follow-up question around Watson. As Again, I think all week we'll probably be getting updates around this. Is there a length of a suspension where Cleveland would then look to reverse course and void the Watson contract? I don't know if they can kind of go back and, and void the trade with the Texans where obviously they sent out a, a, a ton of draft picks in order to make this move here. But is there a world where they go, okay, we're we're out on this, or are they at the point of no return? Because as you've mentioned at the top here, he's already missed one season. 
it looks almost all but a guarantee he's going to miss a second consecutive season. If it goes beyond that, and, and maybe it's not realistic, but if they give Watson a two-year suspension and he goes three full years without playing a snap in the NFL, do the Cleveland Browns basically try and just wipe their hands of this situation here, or are they too deep in? Too deep in, Kevin. If they had a one-year deal, it's like a look-see. Come on in. We'll pay you $9 million, which you'll be the starting quarterback. Be a good boy for the entire season, and then we'll try to reopen it, and we'll see if you're worth your five years, $250 million. So when I take this look, and I say to myself with Deshaun Watson, you're in too deep now, Kevin. What are you going to do? You gave up all those draft picks. You can't cut bait now. And also, let's talk about the legalities from a Deshaun Watson side. You gave me a guaranteed contract. You're cutting me. Yeah? You want me to go away? Give me my $230 million. They're in too deep right now. They signed everything away with their rights where Deshaun Watson now holds that franchise hostage, if you will. And he's going to get his money one way or another, whether he plays or not. And and here's why I agree and think that they're far too deep in. In what world could the Browns pretend they didn't see this coming? Like, are they going to try and play, woe is me? Are they going to try and play, whoa, 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 I mean, who, how, where did this yeah. come from? What do you mean, where did this come from, right? I mean, again, it's going to be on the Browns for their internal investigation or whatever they claim they did into this situation here that materialized to absolutely nothing and they seemingly made zero headway in, in, in speaking to anybody relevant outside of Deshaun in this situation here. It's just, again, one of these scenarios where this is just very, very bad news for the Browns and what they want to be. It does seem inevitable at this point for the Cleveland Browns. the As you mentioned, Donnie, hearings are set to begin this week. So we will, of course, be following that. There is odds that are not completely out, and you know why, and you see why. And we'll also we'll probably do this maybe a little bit more tomorrow, Donnie, getting to this idea, and I know you've even tweeted about over the weekend, of what the Browns are going to do at quarterback if it's not Deshaun. Mm. No, exactly. And we're, we're certainly going to talk about that. But let's even get back to the point where Deshaun Watson and what this means overall to the franchise itself. And if he does get cut loose, can you go back and take your draft picks back? It's a mess for the Cleveland Browns, Kevin. It really is. Yeah, no doubt about it. It is a mess for them. It's not as bad in San Francisco, but nah. it's not great, I don't think. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all 
all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. season as they are likely to make the transition off of Jimmy Garoppolo who is a below average quarterback that has been in a above 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 average situation to a quarterback that (laughs) they selected third overall people were excited about and then there's a lot of question marks around that but before we get to the quarterbacks we get to regardless of the quarterback their most important offensive player And that's Debo Samuel. Debo, leading into the NFL draft, requested a trade. He didn't get traded. Showed up to camp. We thought this was done. It's not done. Debo has not rescinded that trade request. I guess he just doesn't want to be fined by not showing up to camp. Or maybe there's nothing here. I can't really get a great read on this. What's your read right now on the Debo Samuel impending trade request? Yeah, it feels like it's foggy, right? Like, hey, this could happen. That could happen here. You have a player that's unhappy with the organization but still showing up to work. He's not going on, like, national radio campaigns to get himself thrown off the team like an Antonio Brown would do. He seemed like he's being a a good soldier heading into the 49ers. But then that lingering question is, hey, you don't want to get traded, right? I didn't say that. And it's like, oh, hold on now. Like, where is this going? Because everything out of the 49ers camp, right, from head coach to GM, they're saying, like, we we don't want this guy going anywhere. We'll pay him whatever he – this is what I can't figure out. It's we'll pay him whatever he wants. And Debo Samuel going, like, I don't know if that's good enough just yet here. I'll let you guys know. What a terrible offseason to have when your young, bright superstar is basically saying, I'll show up to work, but I'm not sure I want to be here. Oh, no, no, look, you'll love it here. Trust me, we'll give you whatever you want. I still don't know if I want to be here or not, which, again, we can flip the tables. And I know this can't be the case, but I want to make it the case here, Kevin. Could it be that Debo Samuel shows up and goes, man, I don't know how many passes I can catch this year at this point. Now, this guy, quarterback, man, you might have to move on because this is not the angle that we want to play right now because nothing makes sense in San Francisco. But the only way we can have fun with this is saying that the Mm -hmm. wide receiver knows his quarterback might not be up to snuff. So maybe he's waiting it out. Does he want to get like a little bit more into training camp or some OTAs or in the off, you know, another month to think about if the right move for him is to stay in San Francisco with one of the best young coordinators in football, but maybe a quarterback he doesn't trust. Is that the only way we could play this off? So there, I think, are three potential reasons that he would have for wanting to leave, right? One is favorite. It doesn't shine a great light on you and I, but I think we can be a... Our favorite situation is he thinks Trey Lance is terrible because that's hilarious, right? That's one potential reason he would want out. The second reason he would want out is usually the very obvious one of wanting a contract. I'll get to the third in a minute, okay? On the contract thing, though, Donnie, he has not signed an extension yet, but isn't the report still that the Niners have told him whatever you want, you can have? Isn't that still the the status quo here? That it's this is not like a 
Because a part of it is like, oh, he's sending a, a reminder to the Niners that he does want a new contract. But isn't that offer already on the table here? I believe so. Like, it's almost like a blank check is waiting for him. Just sign your name and sign how much money you want, and we will give it to you here. Now, also, let's take a look at where this originally started with the 49ers, which is kind of crazy. If I'm a wide receiver or a quarterback, there's a couple places where I'm fighting to land, and one of those is in San Francisco. And, you know, being a wide receiver, when you tell a wide receiver, hey, look, I'm going to try to get the ball to you as many different ways as possible, you light up like a Christmas tree. I can't tell you how many times, whether it be high school or college, where there was two-pronged attack here. Hey, Donnie, it looks like we're going to be running the football a lot this week. Man, I don't even want to show up. It's ridiculous, Coach. we got to throw the football. And then there's other weeks where it's like, boy, the run defense is very good, and there's some ways that we can exploit their secondary. Now you're ready to go. So if a coach came up to me and say, hey, look, how do you feel about getting a couple goal line carries, a couple reverses in, maybe even have you throw a pass? I'm like, oh, sign me up all the way on that. And Debo Sanders going like, why don't you just throw me the football and leave me alone out here? It's like, well, I, I don't understand. Like from all these different angles for Debo Samuel, for me and the 49ers, nothing makes sense because wide receivers as a whole scream to get the football. They want to throw passes. They want to catch passes. They want to run the football. They want to be part of trickery. They want to return punts. And Debo's like, I'm good. Just throw me the football. And that's all I want here. And oh, yeah, maybe I don't want to be in town anymore. I can't figure it out. So I was going to like slow play it, right? I was like, ah, oh, the third one. And, and I was like, maybe he just hates his role, right? And the reason Man. I love bringing that up is how much that bothers Donnie, who realistically, despite the fact you couldn't get him on a golf course or a basketball court, if somebody right now promised Donnie like 15 targets, I think he might put a helmet on, honestly, just yeah. to, just to yeah. get the appropriate workload that he feels like he's always deserved. And I know it doesn't make a lot of sense based on the natural – desires of wide receivers, right? But if, again, it's not because he thinks Trey Lance is terrible and the contract offer is there, why else would he not want to be in San Francisco? I guess the the third answer or the fourth potential option, and it would tie into Trey Lance, but maybe just the way their season ended. Does Debo just not think the Niners are all that good? Did he see the Rams win a Super Bowl and think, whoa, 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 they're doing something different there? Does he and Kyle Shanahan maybe not see eye to eye in a way that would be a little bit surprising? Like, are there are there personal relationships that don't work there? Is he just low on this football team overall? It's got to be personal relationships, Kevin, because, again, as I say, there's very few teams that you would fight to get through. Like, if you're a quarterback, you want to land with, like, a McVay or a Shanahan. If you're a wide receiver, a running back, a tight end, his schemes just get you wide open and find so many ways to get you the football and put you in the best possible position. And he's sort of saying, like, I don't like that. Like, what does he want to be with, like, Mike McCarthy at that point? But the fun part that you can have about this, too, is – Sometimes it is about money. And the San Francisco 49ers basically saying a blank check is on the table. I want out of town. Now, most organizations, Kevin, post-draft, post-free agency, getting ready for camp, what do they say? We're tapped out. We don't have any money left. We can't do this. So now we know that that's actually a fallacy and what the Rams have proved, where even if you're over the cap right now, you could probably sign Debo to a $150 million contract. We'll see if something pops up here because teams like, again, he, I want to say he can't go to the Rams because it's in the division. The Rams have no money left, but somehow they could sign Debo and get an even lower cap number on their season based upon what Kroenke can do. I don't know, but the point I'm getting at is traditionally, where can he go this late? 
who's going to open up that checkbook, make the appropriate accommodations for how much you're going to have to give up as a trade and work him in at this point? It just seems the only place this year for him to be would be the 49ers. And I just feel like when camp shows up, is Debo going to be there, Kevin? That's the question. Is he showing up day one in camp? Yeah, like that would be it. See, to your point, if Debo's serious about a trade request and stops showing up, right? You're doing short money for long money. But it's not about money. See, okay, this is, to be honest with you, it's starting to break my brain. The holdouts that have nothing to do with money are starting to break my brain. The Lamar Jackson thing is obviously so odd, and now the Debo Samuel thing to me is also incredibly odd. Like, I wish they would just come out like the Niners don't know if they want to pay him, and then this would obviously all just make a lot more sense. But to be honest with you, DRS, as far as, you know, where would he go? He'd be, they find plenty of spots. They would find plenty of potential landing spaces for Debo Samuel. I, I, I think at least. I mean, because wh- what would they need? Two first-round picks? Is that, is that what the going rate would, would – What? no, I don't think it would even be because they have to pay no. him. Donnie, so if it's just one first-round pick, off the top of my head, I would guess 20 teams should be willing to give up a first-round pick. And by the way, if you're the Niners, you get it for, say, this coming year – you roll the dice that wherever you trade them doesn't work out, and maybe you end up with a great pick. So if it's a first-round pick, maybe, a, you know, ah, here's a fourth and a fifth swap, whatever the other nonsense you want to tag on. I think there'd be 20 teams who would call the San Francisco 49ers. I'll tell you one team that's not going to call them, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. That would make way too much sense at this point to bring in Debo Samuel for one last ride with Aaron Rodgers, right? Oh They're more goodness. likely to get a to go that free agent route of Jake Kumaro, yes. maybe Randall Cobb, an extension. Jordy, do you have anything left in the tank here? Because look, honestly, mm-hmm. like tomorrow morning, if you woke up and said the Packers gave a first-round draft pick away and got Debo Samuel, wouldn't they rock it up by going, wow, the Swiss Army Knife in Green Bay, this thing's going to really take off. But that makes way too much sense. So where else would he go? You know, the Raiders, they already signed, obviously, or made a big money move there to get Devontae Adams. There is a lot of places. But also, I like to take shots at organizations and owners. But, hey, look, man, we spent all our money. We can't afford this guy fully knowing that you just don't want to lay out all that upfront money for a Debo Samuel. I do believe this would get worked out in San Francisco, but I would love to see this thing come down to the wire in training camp and Debo doesn't show up. And like, do you want to get traded? Ah, maybe. And they say, look, we will pay you whatever you want again. Show up here. We'll make you the highest paid wideout in football. Yeah, I still don't know if I want to be here. Something is wrong. And your initial analysis there, for me at least, is there has to be something personal going on. That's the only thing I can think of. But that, if it is that, like that probably can't get figured out. Right or like, but we don't even I know think, what it is. That's the best part. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. Like we're 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 guessing around seven different situations here, which is again why I love that this came back up. The potential trade request there, mm-hmm. the Niners, you know, the, the expectations. We won't go long on this because again, I know we're running up against the break. Let me just, you know, your initial reaction. The Niners win totals nine and a half minus one forty five over plus one twenty five under. Your initial reaction. To that nine and a half is what? I'm, I'm under with a new quarterback. I would go under in that. And again, it's a tough division. That's my initial look. You know what's crazy despite all of this? Is I think mine is over because I think I just have to trust Kyle Shanahan to that degree. Yeah. Despite the fact that it does seem like there's no positivity coming out of the San Francisco 49ers at the moment. They just kind of, of earned that level of trust. And there really is. Although... 
you send Debo out, we might have to start having some different yeah. conversations. Or the Niners just have to start paying some beat reporters to pretending that Trey Lance is having a good camp. That could work as well. Major League Baseball headlines up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Right here on Sports Grid, Major League Baseball continuing to pick up, and it was a big weekend of storylines really to follow throughout. Uh, one unfortunate one that we'll start off with here involves the Philadelphia Phillies reigning NL MVP Bryce Harper, who was hit in the hand. And it first looked like he actually went down uh, with a getting hit uh, in the face by a Blake Snell fastball. And I guess, according to Bryce Harper, it was worse. Because it hit him, I believe, in the thumb, and it looks like it's going to keep him out for the foreseeable future, Donnie. Yeah, and that's a disaster mode here for the Philadelphia Phillies, who actually were coming off a very good series in San Diego. Won the game that he was hit early with that pitch, and then yesterday we're down 5-2 to two on a Sunday afternoon game. Came back to win that. Kyle Schwarber picking up the slack, but it's one of those things where you can rally around the superstar player for a time being here. Now, is this going to be one of those, hey, look, Ronald Cooney got hurt, won a World Series. Not necessarily the same thing here. It's hard to lose an MVP from a team that's battling and the MVP being the catalyst for so much that you're doing this year already. He's going to be down for, you know, weeks, maybe months. They don't have an evaluation just yet here. As they get back to Philadelphia, probably see a couple specialists over the next 48 hours. But I can tell you right now, Kevin, the news isn't going to be good news. Like, oh, man, great news. The only this is eight weeks or bad news. He's out for the remainder of the season. We'll see how quick he can come back from this. But also, it's not a blessing in disguise because if you break any, any you know, digit and as a baseball player, particularly a batter, you're not going to be able to come back all that quick. But at the same time, we know he has been struggling with that UCL injury in his throwing elbow. Maybe mm -hmm. this gives him a little bit extra time to heal. But as always, being a Philadelphia fan, not just a Phillies fan, what are we waiting for here, right? Usually when the player gets hit by a pitch, oh, it's going to be a disaster. It's the worst. Like, ooh, you know, it's only a contusion. 
this ends up being a broken bone. But you're waiting maybe some of this, hey, look, it was a clean break here, threw a pin in there, four to six weeks, we'll reevaluate. Okay, maybe some chance for the back half of the season. But it just feels like pins, screws, 12 weeks, no reason to bring him back, yeah. and he gets his elbow operated on, see in 2023. That's what we hope as a Philadelphia fan myself. I don't. Ho- I hope it's not the case, but also, it's one of those teams that you sort of groove into, Kevin, in the summer as a team total team. And this is one of those key guys why you would bet a Phillies team total because at any time he could go yard. What a shame for Bryce Harper having a great season now, looking for the Philadelphia Phillies battling for a playoff position. I don't know if they can get there without Bryce. I really don't. Yeah, I was, I was wondering how that would impact kind of when you're going through a lineup there, right? Yeah. Typically, I know you're going to need, you know, six, seven. Uh, I, I know, obviously, as many as possible, you know, batters yeah. that hit you the benchmarks there. Not only is Bryce always one of the guy that, that checks the boxes, but we have seen that when he is not in that lineup, the Phillies just do not provide you the same results. Uh, the most immediate impact from the odds board is in the NL MVP race because Bryce was rightfully so a part of that. He is now back to 70 to 1. This should yeah. keep him, you know, eliminated from that race, which is unfortunate because it seemed like he'd be a part of it. We don't have make miss playoff odds. The Phils are 15 to 1 to win the NL East. That is understandable when you kind of factor in uh, the fact that they are eight back right now and how good not only the Mets, of course, but it does feel like, again, the, the Braves win almost every game they play, even if they did take uh, uh, a loss last night. So that is some very, very unfortunate news for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, you talk about people who kind of miss in action. We had a lot of uh, players thrown out, and you would think suspensions probably with the Angels, Mariners, Brawl, I believe eight uh, people involved were ejected from that game. This was an odd one to follow. It kind of depends how much you were keeping track over the weekend, but a ball comes up and in at Trout, and then basically the only reason he didn't hit him in the head on the next pitch is because he ducked out of the way. So the Angels respond, first batter of the game, they hit Julio Rodriguez or throw behind him, and then they also hit Jesse Winker, (laughs) I believe, in the second inning here. Look, a huge brawl breaks out. I've always said it's ridiculous that they throw baseballs at players, and that's a thing at all. But one thing that was super odd to me is the the Mariners at the on Sunday playing major victim. What are they doing, the Angels? Why are they throwing it? He threw at their best player and, and threw at his head. I, I just I don't know what the Mariners are doing here. And are you throwing at him because he embarrasses you and hits home runs every time? That's no reason to throw at somebody. That like. Let's just put just to put this into perspective here, okay? If in the NBA the Boston Celtics purposely tried to take out Steph Curry's legs on a drive to the basket, they would suspend the appropriate players for not only the remainder of that series, but however long imaginable. If people are are actively targeting heads in the NFL, they're thrown out. In what world, Donnie, do the Mariners basically go, we can't get him out, so we're throwing a baseball at his head? What clowns the Seattle Mariners are. It, It really feels like it because Mike Trout, of all people, who, yes, he crushes the Mariners. How many times do you see Mike Trout 
hit a home run, stand at home plate, flip the bat, tell the catcher about it, point to the pitcher as he rounds first base, and tell the second baseman, third baseman, shortstop, how good he is as he rounds home, and then, you know, takes that slow, I'm going to basically walk across the plate and make it be known and point up that he doesn't do any of that. So when you throw at his head twice, you know you're going to have repercussions, which means you handle it the next inning, you throw at somebody, that's how baseball polices itself, right or wrong. Same way in hockey, oh, you're going to check my best guy, here comes the goon off the bench, you got to square up with him and fight him now because you disrespected the best player on my team. It's just the way baseball is, but the fact of the matter is that the Mariners said, all right, let's try to hit you in the first inning, and then let's do some damage again in the second inning. That is going to raise eyebrows because as a baseball player, you know if your pitchers on your squad are hitting guys, you are going to hit. That's the deterrent, right, where you as a teammate go, hey, look, man, Stop throwing at these guys because you don't have to pay for it. I pay for it when they throw a 95-mile-hour fastball into my rib cage. But usually it's a one-off, right? You hit my guy, I hit your guy. There's warnings. We settled it. Everything is done. But the fact that the Seattle Mariners, as I said, went back for seconds there really made you laugh because it wasn't so much that Winker got hit and he was hurt. He said, come on, man. Like, I'm coming up to the plate, not figuring, because you can use brace for, like, this guy's going to throw at me. All right, let's get this out of the way and move on with this baseball game. But the fact that he got hit, which meant, like, another guy was going to get hit behind him on the other team, it's randomness in baseball. But to have a fight of that, usually, what do we have, Kevin? Everybody empties out of the benches. Everybody jogs in from the bullpen. We hold each other. Hey, man, he's throwing me again, man. I'm coming after you. Yeah, yeah, so what? Take your base, and nothing happens. But there was legitimate anger in the stands yesterday and anger on the field, particularly in the two dugouts. I actually enjoyed that little Donnie Brook yesterday. So uh, I understand that, like, yes, people always love when the baseball brawls break out here, right? But I – see, I don't – the whole, like, again, I've said this. People think I'm crazy. If you throw a baseball at me, I'm going to throw my bat at you. And we'll just see how long people keep throwing balls at people, right? Or just take the bat out there. I don't know. Let's see what happens since we're going to be absolutely ridiculous and throw 100 miles an hour at people's head. But to be honest with you, right? Like, in baseball, Donnie, we know retaliation happens. How are they throwing at Trout's head twice? How is that even remotely, like, a thing that anybody could possibly say, ah, what are you going to do? I don't I don't understand. And I know that and I know that people would say, hold on, but it was the bottom of the ninth inning, it was a two-run game, and there was already a runner on. I mean, what? I mean, is it the worst pitcher in the history of the world? It, really? That you missed twice in a row? Right up, right up, right upstairs? I mean, I mean, you know, sell that to somebody else. I, I just like they should have hit every Mariner's batter until there was nobody left at that point there. You cannot throw at someone's head because he's embarrassing you. Like that's horrendous. That's so bad for the game. Like, and I like baseball is such a bizarre sport where it's like, oh, they have a brawl and it's good for the game because then we have something to talk about during their 162 game season. But the notion that you're going to hit the stars because they're phenomenal is one of the most ridiculous things I could imagine. No, it is. It Sometimes it doesn't make sense to watch it play out where the whole policing, when you're an umpire, you're supposed to have control of the game. There's warnings before the game. You throw at this guy. This is what's going to happen. But also, it's still crossing the line. You can't throw a trout's head. You know, as I said, there's going to be retaliation. But it's supposed to be a one-off, right? You're supposed to say, okay, we'll take a guy that gets hit. All right, let's get it out of the way. Now we're going to start and have a game. Now, these two teams are rivals, and they do have a history with each other. But the simple fact is you saw Winker get hit, and then somebody, it's like, you know, all it takes is from there. Hey, man, take your base, man. And hey, man, just, just get on first base. Oh, what'd you say over there in the dugout? You get closer and closer, and then it breaks loose. And, you know, you have J.P. Crawford coming over the top with a couple flying elbows. But the one I enjoyed the most, Kevin, from the wide shot, 
Winker was throwing some good body shots out there for about three or four, you know, left, right, left, right, left, right combos out here. And you also had the secondary fight breakout. And then you have the player who I don't even know who it was, but just gets angry enough to say, let me just start throwing like the water out there. Let me just start throwing the sunflower seeds. And then you have to pick up the gum at this point. It was a really long delay out there that maybe Kevin, they finally got it out of their system. And then I heard at the end of the game, hey, guys. They got 11 more games against each other this year. My yeah. goodness. Watch out, Mariners and Angels. Uh, just what a ridiculous, ridiculous thing. <laughs> now, the big series over the weekend involved, uh, I would say, the Yankees and the Astros, the two best teams in the American League. Uh, it's ultimately a split. The interesting thing with the split is the two games that the Yankees won had walk-offs by Aaron Judge. And the two games the Astros won, they were completely dominant, including a combined no-hitter against the Yankees. I want to start with the Aaron Judge point quickly. There's a lot of people that are saying Shohei is the MVP because he does because both sides of the ball. I got to be honest with you, and I know this is going to blow people's mind, the both sides of the ball thing is now becoming a lazy crutch. Otani last year led all of Major League Baseball and wins above replacement because Otani gets to impact the game so many different ways above people. It's a stat that actively highlights what he brings to the table. And right now, amongst American League players, Shohei isn't top five, and that includes not being even number one on his own team. While Aaron Judge, on the other hand, is leading the majors in home runs by a good amount, the Yankees are still clearly the best team in Major League Baseball, and they just played a series against another top-five team in baseball that if not for Aaron Judge, they would have been swept at home. Forget who people would vote for, because I've told people this for a long, we've told people this currently. I don't care who you would vote for. It's who's going to get voted for when we're talking about betting here. Aaron Judge is the favorite for AL MVP, Donnie, and absolutely should be the favorite with a gap when we're talking about the AL MVP race. Well, here's the tough part about it. Here comes the argument, because if you're looking at Aaron Judge right now, you're seeing the Yankees, 53-20 and 20 overall, best team in baseball. Aaron Judge, for a positional player, single position, is the best player in baseball. But here's what we're looking forward to. Are the Yankees going to continue on this crazy trajectory throughout the second half? And also, is Aaron Judge going to do the same thing? Because if we get an average year at the plate for Shohei Otani and a good pitching performance, he's the best player in baseball. And I don't think anybody even has an issue with that. But the fact of the matter is, you're going to have to hold Aaron Judge to such a high standard, Kevin, which means 60-plus home runs and the best team in baseball to try to overcome Shohei Otani having a good year on the mound and a good year at the plate. Because Shohei Otani is doing something that nobody in Major League Baseball can do, which leads you to MVP-type voting, which is at a plus 350, and Aaron Judge is at a plus 100. I just look for Aaron Judge. If he continues doing what he does, he's probably going to end up being the MVP because it's, as I said, the double-edged sword. Great baseball team, best player by far in the American League. But if he stumbles a little bit, gets injured, and maybe the Yankees don't have that 100. Maybe they they finish with 99 wins and still win the East. That'll be fine. But maybe not in the eyes of the voters to say, well, look, Shohei Otani was dominant on the mound and a decent hitter. He's getting it again. It's, again, you're like, oh, Otani. He's actively worse at the – he had 46 home runs last year and had 100 RBIs. He's nowhere near that pace. And that's just completely irrelevant somehow to this conversation because, oh, but he's on both sides. I guess that's your, the odds don't agree with you. We're next. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Second here before we get to hour number two, uh, finishing up the Major League Baseball discussion. And I know you wanted to talk about the AL East overall. Again, the Yanks club is split in four-game set against the Astros. What were you thinking as it pertains, though, to the entirety of this AL East? It's amazing how good it is. It really is. Because uh, the thing that I woke up, I said, right, what's a topic I want to talk about here? Ah, Yankees. And, you know, you could talk about Minnesota Twins or the Astros, some of the leaders. But I just wanted to talk as a whole quickly on this division. Because the Blue Jays are in fourth place, Kevin, at 40 and 32. And even when you look at the last place team, the Baltimore Orioles, in the toughest division in baseball, 34 and 40. Because we talked about who is going to just beat up on the Orioles and try to ex- expand their, you know, standings here in the AL East. Not the case. They're actually good. How about this? Seven and three in the last 10 games for the Orioles. Amazing stuff out of them, but also the Yankees. The Red, put it this way the Red Sox are 42 and 31. Hey, good season. You're going to make the playoffs. Maybe they can challenge for a division. They're 11 games back. They're 11 games. Just shows how good the Yankees are. This division is phenomenal. We're going to watch it all summer long play out. But the fact of the matter is the Yankees, oh, but they're beating up so many bad teams. That's why they have 53 wins. No, they're in the toughest division in baseball and will continue to play these teams throughout the summer. So if they 106 wins, Kevin, or whatever it's going to be, that could be one of the best Mm -hmm. seasons we've ever seen out of a major league ball club. I saw a tweet from one of our very, very, very favorite Major League Baseball account. So while I did have a slight uh, worry of the accuracy, I did trust it overall. Uh, If you add yesterday's Uh. results to the pile now, the Red Sox are 19 and four in June, 19 and four. They've picked up a half game on the Yankees. (laughs) I mean, that's outrageous. I mean, that is absolutely, they've got a seven game win streak. It it just feels like they're really not able to make much of a dent here. Up against the Yanks, it, it it goes to show how good the Yanks are, but again, it goes to show how good this division is. But also, remember when Boston was left for dead? Like, just what a ridiculous thing from the Boston Red Sox to be able to flip this around. And quickly, as you mentioned, the Orioles and, and their hot streak, 
That included beating up at the Chicago White Sox. They're five and a half back of Minnesota, the White Sox. Like, I don't know if they're just going to turn this thing around. Hour two starts with the day. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 